Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Before we jump into, you know, scripture, into the points, I um, wanted to talk a little bit about science, mm, specifically physics. <laughs> I'm going to take everyone through a brief, brief uh, lesson on energy. Uh, it's something that, you know, we use and we see in our day-to-day, and I'm sure you've learned about this um, at some point in time in, in school as well. So, energy is the ability to do work. And there are many forms of energy uh, that you see in your lives. You know, we need energy um, to move the car. You know, it, it needs to be able to move. Uh, you need electrical energy so that it can power our homes, power our devices. And we, we as human beings or, you know, plants or animals also need energy uh, to grow and to move. And so that's energy, the ability to do work, uh, if you can show, yeah, okay, energy is the ability to do work, and potential is the ability to develop into something in the future. So, we are going to talk about a specific type of energy today, just a little bit, just a little bit, before we go into um, scripture. Uh, We're going to talk about potential energy. So, potential energy, if you take the combination of these two words, is basically the ability to do work, but the work hasn't happened yet. And potential energy is usually typically stored in objects and things based on its position or its state. So I'm going to ask my very kind volunteers uh, (laughs) to do a little bit of demonstration. Uh, I've brought some um, materials. (laughs) Sorry, um, I think I've distracted them from doing their duties as hosts. <laughs> mm, if you can kindly stand to the front here. Uh, so there are three different objects. If Michelle, you can uh, hold one, the first one out. Um, this is an exercise band. And if you stretch it, uh, give it some tension. Yeah, there is some energy in here because of the tension um, in the band. And the tennis ball that Pastor Nikki is holding also has some potential energy because of its position uh, that is high above the ground. But nothing has yet happened. You know, nothing, nothing has yet happened. And there is also energy in the food that we eat, uh, like this apple that Gareth is holding there. But again, <laughs> nothing has happened. Yeah. Right? Um, and in all of these three items, there's energy that is stored inside. Yeah. And it needs some kind of an external force or some kind of uh, um, uh, action that acts on it in order to produce a different kind of energy to convert the potential into kinetic energy, which is the energy of movement, of action. So for example, in the stretched um, exercise band, you know, if you move it, it produces energy you're actually working out. And for the tennis ball, if you drop it, it will bounce, nice catch. <laughs> so that is kinetic energy, it, it moves. And for the apple, if you eat it, it gives you, <laughs> it, it gives you energy. It, it gives you energy for your body to move and to move around and to do things. Thank you so much. <laughs> cool. So that's just a little bit of a quick uh, 
recap of, of um, the concept of energy. Um, and just wanted to summarize again, potential energy is the potential, the ability to do work. And kinetic energy is that work that has happened. It's motion, it's movement. Yeah. So in other words, potential energy is basically kinetic energy that is waiting to happen. Wow. Hasn't happened yet. There's possibility for it. It's waiting to happen. So just as you see in the examples, um, in everyday objects, even in ourselves, there is some form of potential energy. But what I wanted to cover today is our God-given potential in us. Uh, which brings me to the title for today, Realizing Our Potential. So, uh, in order to realize the potential, the first question, of course, is what is my potential? We all have potential to develop into something. Uh, God has given us this potential, but what is it? You know, in the lesson that we studied uh, earlier this week in Holtz, um, we're reminded that as believers, we have the same spirit in us that was in Jesus. The same spirit that worked in him, that raised him from the grave, actually lives in us. So if you go to Romans, uh, Romans 8, verse 11, I'm reading from the NLT version. It says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This means that as believers, we carry that same spirit that was in Jesus, and we have that same ability and power to live a Christ-like life. And you know, as believers, we're supposed to carry fruit. And when you look at a, a tree or a plant, you can tell what tree or what plant it is based on the fruit or the flowers. Like if you see an apple growing on that tree, you know that, okay, that is an apple tree. If you see roses in a rose bush, you know that that's a rose bush. Similarly, if we as believers of Christ are having that same spirit, then we should be able to produce fruit, Christ-like fruit. And again, going back to the um, discussion from Holmes that we had earlier this week, we learned about Jesus being the true vine. Um, in John 15, verse 4 to 8, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Again, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Again, it, in, in this verse, it's basically saying, you know, if you dwell in my presence, 
and I will give you the ability to bear fruit. So that's a potential there. You know, in, in this scripture, um, Jesus was referring to a grapevine, grape plant. But if, again, if you think about any plant uh, or tree in general, the leaves must be connected to the main uh, stem, must be connected to the main trunk, must be connected to the main source in order to live, in order to grow, in order to even be able to produce fruit or produce flowers. Leaves on their own cannot do anything. Eventually, they'll run out of, of energy, of nutrients, and it will eventually die. Um, if Toby can flash up on the screen. Um, so there's two differences uh, on, on the... Oops. On your left... Um, is some leaves that the brown ones are already dead. There's nothing left. The yellow ones have fallen off. They're about to die. <laughs> yes, that's a sad truth. Um, and on the right is a plant that you see the leaves are still connected to the stem and it's growing because it can still um, receive the nutrients and the, the, the things that it needs to continue growing, continue flourishing and producing fruit. Don't ask me why I have a basket of dead leaves, but it's not for this <laughs> message today, but I just happen to have it, so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, if you remember, uh, leaves on their own cannot survive. It needs to be connected to the source. Yeah. So, if we are connected to the source, there is some potential in us. Yeah. So, what is that potential? What does God intend for us to do? Yeah. Um, if you go to now Galatians 5, 22 to 23, here's a very, very good example of God, what God intends for us to do with our lives. This is the potential that we have. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of potential here. Um, and even earlier in, in Galatians 5, a little bit above, it also says, um, loving your neighbor as yourself. There is another potential there. So there are so many things that God has potential for us to do. Um, and even this is, old, this is the New Testament. In the Old Testament, um, in Isaiah 61, verse 4 to 7, um, there, there's a lot there, but um, God also says that we are called to be servants of God, to bring restoration, renewal, transformation, healing to things that are broken. So this is our potential. Can you imagine that God has designed for us to be peacemakers, to be bringers of hope, to, to restore things that were broken and make them whole again? That is the potential that God has for us. So moving on to my second point. The first point is what is my potential? So we just discussed you know, what is God's potential for us? And the second point is how can I develop this potential? How can I grow it? Just like plants, as they absorb the nutrients from, from the roots, from the water, from the sunlight, it just doesn't sit there. It grows. It produces something. It makes something. Earlier, we talked about kinet uh, potential energy, which is, you know, the, the kinetic energy that is waiting to happen. It's just sitting there. Something needs to happen. And kinetic energy is when that thing happens, it produces movement, there's action, there's motion. So as we spend time with God, you know, He begins to reveal the potential that's in us, to us. 
And in order to develop that potential, there needs to be action. We need to put it to work. Going back to the verse in John 15, where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. So once you abide, once you spend time with God, then there is an action bearing fruit. So God created us and gives us talents and skills. Maybe it's uh, the the talent and the skill to create music, to write songs, to to write, to draw. That's a skill, that's talent. God created us, maybe different ones, to to have the, the instinct to nurture, to teach children, to teach in the universities or to help those in need, um, to help those who are sick. Um, some of us, God has nurtured this inventor, this, this builder um, spirit in us to want to build something, create something to solve problems, to um, you know, build apps or design things that will solve big, big problems in the world. Maybe it's world hunger, maybe it's a, a cure to cancer. God has put all of these in us. And, you know, the, the, the idea and concept of doing things, doing work, um, it, it's not a strange concept. It's something that God has designed in Genesis. Um, from the very beginning, God worked. You know, he created the heavens and the earth. And after that, he said he was pleased. He was happy. It was good. He was, he was pleased about the result. So if God worked, then we as believers should also follow in his example, working diligently, working wholeheartedly and excitedly about what God has intended us to work on. In the Bible, in 1 Samuel, we're all very familiar with King David and all his accomplishments. But before that, um, 15, about 15, 15 years ago, uh, when Samuel the prophet first went to his house and anointed him as king, he was only 15 years old. And, and, and Samuel basically said, yeah, David, you are going to be king. But after that, nothing actually changed. You know, he still had to go on with his life. He didn't just like sit down and say, okay, I'm going to be king. Now you all have to serve me. That didn't happen. If you read um, the, in the, the sequence of events that followed, he actually was still working. He was tending the sheep in his father's house. He was serving in the king, King Saul at that time, King Saul's uh, courts as a musician. Um, he was even like a porter carrying food to and from uh, the battlegrounds, uh, bringing them to his brothers who were fighting against the enemies. So he was doing work. And he didn't become king until much later on in his life, 15 years. So imagine he was still working all the way up till when he became king. And even when he was king, he was still working. Um, he expanded his territories. Um, he created governments, uh, put in institutions and structures into place um, and made sure that there was peace um, in his kingdom. So even as a king, he worked. So God was working. King David was working. So what more us? So when we ask the question, how can I develop my potential? How can I work with what I have? 
what would that look like for us? How can we work diligently, working wholeheartedly? What does that look like in our lives? Or maybe you're wondering, yeah, I'm not working yet. I'm still a student. Or I'm still looking for a job, so I'm not really working yet. This doesn't really apply to me. But I think it applies to every one of us. Can I offer some, uh, some pointers, uh, maybe some examples of what working wholeheartedly would look like? For example, being on time. You know, we can... Uh, <laughs> yes, I hear that. Mm, because this is also for me. Um, it's also definitely for me. Um, you know, we can be on time to go to a concert, go see a movie, go meet our friends for brunch or a meal. But can we wake up early and be on time and be where we're supposed to be at work? Wow. When we're supposed to start at 9, are we there at 9 or 9.15 or 9.30? Yeah. If we're supposed to be in class on that day, where are we? Wow. Can we be on time? Yeah. Um, this is definitely for me as well. Um, in, in Malaysia, there's a saying called rubber time, which, which means that like, if you're supposed to be there at, at 12, it's like, eh, 12-ish, somewhere around that region of 12, 12.30. Yeah, but that's not for us. God has called us to work diligently and, and being on time is one of that. Another example, working hard. As young working adults, can we put in a full day's worth of work and be at work when we're supposed to. If we're supposed to work from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 or whatever it is, can we do that? Or would we choose to you know, log off early because I'm working from home and nobody can see anyway or take an extended lunch break, um, again, because nobody would know? Or can we be honest with ourselves and say that if I'm supposed and expected to work from nine to five or nine to six, I will honor what is required of me. Yeah. And as students, can we work hard at what we are asked to do, whether it's an assignment, whether it's a paper, whether it's a project, instead of you know, procrastinating or, or spending time on socials or watching some, some movies? Let's not be lazy. Yeah, I think this is a message for me as well. <laughs> don't be lazy. Yeah, just going to say it as this. Don't be lazy. I think sometimes we're all creatures of habit and we just fall into like procrastination very easily. But God's reminding us that, hey, I have created you to work. I created the heavens and the earth and I, I made it good and I was happy with it. I'm pleased with it. So we should have that same spirit. Can we also be excellent? Can we produce work that is good quality and that we can actually say, yes, I am satisfied with this thing that I have produced, whatever it is. Let's not be you know, sloppy, half-hearted, substandard, last minute. God wasn't last minute. God wasn't sloppy. He really thought about every single thing that he created, that he worked at, and the result was something that he was proud of. Can we emulate God in that excellence as well? Putting in our wholehearted effort and being able to say that, yes, I've given my best in this thing. And the last example. So we talked about being on time, working hard, you know, being excellent. 
And the last one is, can we respect people who are in positions of authority over us? You know, whether we're in school, at work, or even at home, we all have someone in authority over us, whether that's you know, your, your um, professors um, in school, or your supervisors and managers at work, even your parents at home. Can we submit to the authority um, that is placed over us and the rules and the laws that are you know, put in our school, in our companies, and even in this country? Particularly when it's tough to do so. Like, you, you, if, you know, if you see that, yeah, everyone else is not following the rules anyway, why should I? Can we still choose to submit and, and, and respect the rules and the laws that are put in place? So there are some examples of you know, being diligent and giving our all in the work that God has called us to do, not just in the workplace, but at home, in the schools, wherever we are, whatever we are working on, can we give our best? And that leads me to my third point. We talked about what is our potential? How can I develop and grow my potential? And then the third point is, what can I use my potential for? What is it for? When God sees us, he sees potential. In Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you our potter. And all that we are, are the work of your hand. So this verse is, is equating or, or, yeah, equating God to, to be like a potter. A potter, someone who, who makes um, and uses clay to make something. Yeah. And as a potter, when he looks at clay, usually comes like maybe in a block, in a lump. He just doesn't look at it as just, okay, this is a lump. He sees potential. He sees what this block of clay can become. Maybe it, became, it can become a mug, a bowl, a spoon, even an art object, something that you can behold and, and be inspired by the beauty or something that can be used to do something else. So there's potential. And it's just a reminder that when God sees us, He sees potential. He knows that we are capable of something. And he knows what we can achieve. Like we read earlier, um, you know, he sees the fruit that we can produce. We can be peacemakers, we can be hope bringers, and we can be restorers, and so much more. But I think sometimes we let the enemy fool us, or we let ourselves and our minds fool us in thinking that, yeah, we don't have this potential. I can't be. Being a peacemaker is, sounds like such a big, big, big thing. How can I do that? just wanted to encourage everyone, don't let the enemy rob us of our potential. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, the enemy will whisper thoughts into our head and say, yeah, you've made so many mistakes. 
I don't think, I don't think you can do that. Um, or, yeah, you, you don't have the skills and the talents. Yeah, I don't think you're good enough. You can't cut it in this market. We are not defined by what the enemy says about us yeah. or what others think and say about us. And when we think that we don't have any potential, remember that God sees us with potential. And God has redeemed us so we can produce fruit. So how should we use our potential? God has given us different skills and talents, like I mentioned. Maybe some people like to create, some people like to build. Um, There's so many different things that you can use your talents and skills for. Let's put those skills and talents to work to glorify God in order to see the fruits there needs to be some action. So let's put what we have into action. Whether it's uh, to bear fruit, like what Sam shared a couple of weeks ago, to be, to be generous, what Toby shared a few weeks ago as well, um, to be joyful, even when you are suffering uh, in, in trials and when there are storms, like what um, Sun Tao mentioned last week. To love others when it's hard to love, to forgive, to let go of grudges. Let's not let our potential just sit there. When it's sitting there, there's nothing that comes out of it. There needs to be action. So are there any opportunities in our lives right now that we can make use of our potential and to convert that into action? Going back again to John 15. Verse 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So when we bear fruit, when we take action, God is glorified. And just reading the last portion of Scripture that I wanted to share from Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect So I invite the worship team up. Just wanted to remind all of us again and encourage us, let's make use of our lives to glorify God. Whatever talents and skills that He's given us, let's put it to work. Don't let it just sit there. There needs to be action. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.